Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Irvindale. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Christ Jesus. Today we conclude Mike's message on Luke. The thing that I want to point out to you is this, that those statements I just read to you, none of them are based on love for anyone other than self. Each of those statements is is focused on preserving peace or safety or a good reputation or any of the other things that we might put out there. It is all about preserving those things for self. Don't do to someone else. The motivation is what you don't want to happen to you. So it's in the negative. It's in the, it's in the passive. And if there's any love being expressed in those statements, it is a love for self. But Jesus takes what is passive, what is negative, what is self-centered, and he makes it active, and he makes it positive, and he makes it others-centered. Notice what he says again. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. Truth point number three says this, Jesus' golden rule has nothing to do with how others treat you, nor is it focused on their merit, but it's solely focused on their well-being as defined by your highest ideals of your own well-being. That deserves being read twice. Jesus' golden rule has nothing to do with how others treat you, nor is it focused on their merit, but it's solely focused on their well-being. So there you see the the outward focus. It is solely focused on their well-being as defined by your highest ideals of your own well-being. In other words, What is being said here is consider what you would want others to do for you. In other words, what what could other people do to give you your best life? And then take that and proactively employ it to others. Do you see the point? It's not about what I'm going to get. It's about understanding what I would find awesome and then purposely and intentionally and actively doing it for someone else. So we find, as we look at this, that following after Jesus is being defined by Jesus as a life that is rooted in a love that is divine in nature, one that is not attainable by humanity in our own power. And I'll come back to that in a few moments. As we come to verses 32 through 36, we find Jesus taking this part of his sermon and summarizing it and bringing to it a conclusion. So we want to see the summary and then the conclusion. So in summary, we find Jesus restating what has already been established. Only this time, as he restates what has already been established, he does it from the perspective of what's natural and conventional among men. Here's what I mean by that. He goes back to that comment about loving others. He first said, love your enemies. That's unnatural and unconventional. Loving others who love you. Well, that's totally natural. That's completely conventional. 
And that is very much something we all can do. We really don't need any help from God to do that. Not really. If somebody's loving us, we don't have a problem loving them back. Doing good to those who do good to you. That's not a sweat. I can do that. And even sinners, those who aren't even born again, those who don't even follow Jesus, they do that regularly. And, and, and uh, lending to those who will repay, especially if I have a guarantee they'll repay. Or lending to those because I know that in my time of need, they'll lend to me. And you don't have to be a Christian to do that. I mean, sinners do it as well. So there's the summary. I've told you what to do, and I've shown you how it's different than your flesh. And he brings then this conclusion. He tells us that when you love your enemies by doing good, by lending, expecting nothing in return, by blessing them, by praying for them, he says you can expect two things to happen. When you do this, there are a couple of things that are going to come back your way. The first one is, he says, your reward will be great. Now, many of us would think he's meaning heaven. When we get to heaven, our reward will be great. But he's really not talking about an eternal reward. He's talking about a reward in the here and now. Your, your reward now will be great. You say, explain that. Well, Jesus has already established that sinners will love those who love them. Sinners will bless those who bless them. Sinners will do good for those who do good to them. So when we think about it, it's, it's no stretch to think that when we submit ourselves to follow after Jesus, living as He lives, then there will be times when we're going to experience the reward of seeing an enemy become a friend. And there are going to be times when we're going to experience the reward of seeing someone who has cursed us changing and beginning to bless us. And it's not a stretch to say that those who have been accustomed to doing harm to us, if we live the light of Jesus before them, loving them, doing good for them, blessing them, praying for them, regardless of how they're treating us, that we may very well find the reward of that one who has done harm, turning and changing and maybe doing good to us. But there's a a greater, bigger reward that may actually happen, and that is seeing one who has been enslaved to sin. And it's evident by the fact that they hate us and they curse us and they do bad against us and all the rest of that. It may be part that we would see Uh, the reward of seeing them set free from the chains of sin and death to walk in the light of Christ. This much you can count on. If we choose not to follow after Jesus in this way, it is doubtful that we would ever experience those kinds of positive rewards. So that's one thing that he says. Your reward will be great. The second thing he says is that your testimony of the life-changing work of Jesus Christ will be evident and compelling to the world. When you walk after Jesus as he has modeled the life to be, then our testimony of his transformation work in our lives will become evident and compelling to the world. I want you to see this quote from pastor and theologian Dr. John MacArthur. He writes this, That when Christians love with the unconditional supernatural love that God puts in their hearts, sinners will be astounded. 
This is a love that is foreign to their experience and shows that those who manifest it are sons of the Most High. I think that's absolutely spot on. Only the child of God, by the aid of the Spirit of God, can reflect the glory of God. And what does Jesus say about the glory of God in this context? Well, He says that He is kind, that God is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Do you realize that, do you realize that God's kindness to the ungrateful and the evil in this context that we live in right now, do you realize that that is an expression of His glory? It's an expression of His being totally other than we are. And then it is fitting that Jesus ends this part of His sermon by commanding His followers this way. To be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. So I began the message this morning confessing that I would share things that totally outpace my present living. And so it is true. It it is true. But despite the fact that these things Jesus is speaking to me and that he is speaking to you outpace my present living, this much I do know. I know that as I surrender to God's Spirit, He will give me the grace to grow more and more like Jesus in kingdom love. And I know this, that if you will do the same, He will do that same in your life as well. All of us who know Christ this morning, and I know that the majority of us in here would profess that, every one of us should walk out of this sanctuary this morning committing ourselves afresh and anew that we will follow after Jesus in His kingdom love. I'll stand before you this morning and I'll commit that. I'll commit that in front of my wife, my son if he's here. I'll commit that in front of the staff who work with me every day. I can't promise you that I'll be perfect. I can't promise you that, that I won't falter or fail. But I see in this passage principles of living that I know my Lord wants for me so that I may give glory to Him and be a benefit to others around me. So I want to encourage you to think it through to make that same commitment. And then finally, I'll make this point that anytime the church gathers... There will be those in the gathering who know Christ. I know there are people here today, you know Christ. And there will be people in the gathering who just know about Christ. And there's a vast difference between knowing Him and knowing about Him. And I want to tell you that God's desire for you is that you would move from a head knowledge, things you know about Jesus, to its sinking into the very depths of your soul where you begin to know Him in saving faith. 
And he wants you to know him. Do you know why? Do you know why he wants you to know him? He wants you to know him so that through Christ you can be set free from the enslavement of sin and death to walk in the freedom of his righteousness and in newness of life. He wants you to know him through Jesus so that you will be transformed from being his enemy, which you are outside of Christ, to being his friend inside of Christ, and even more than a friend, to become a very dearly loved son or daughter of God. He wants that for you. He wants you to know him through Jesus so that you can reflect his glory to a world that needs his light, who needs his grace, who needs his transforming power. For me, going from knowing about Jesus because I was raised in a Christian home and in a very well-taught Baptist church. For me, going from knowing about him to knowing him happened in 1975 when I was a 15-year-old young man. It happened while I was working at a Christian camp. You could change from knowing about him to knowing him today, just like I did those many years ago. It doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter what your gender is. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter what mistakes or sins you've committed. Because the Bible tells us, and this is the essence of the good news of the gospel, Scripture tells us that Jesus bore our sin and He bore God's wrath for that sin at the cross. And He did that so that sinners could become the righteousness of God in Him. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission.